Welcome to the Talking Book Atlanta podcast. I'm Perry Patterson, and today we have with us live on Instagram, Julaine Fisher. Welcome, Julaine. Thank you. Good to be here. Great. I'm going to read just a little bit of information about you. Julaine Fisher is the author of the award-winning Sour Lemon series. Sour Lemon Strikes Out won Best Middle Grade Novel CELA Award 2022, and Sour Lemon and Sweet Tea received the reader's favorite five-star review and placed second in the 2019 CELA Awards. Julaine is a frequent speaker, accumulating 140 speaking hours. She has presented writing and literacy to over 14,000 students through a powerful message of never give up. Jelaine blogs at two words, and that's the number two, capital W, R-D-S, two words, and Storyteller Squad, and is active on social media. Jelaine lives in North Georgia with her husband, twin boys, and their two mischievous Labrador Retrievers. You can learn more about Julaine at her website, www.julainefisher.com, and that's Julaine, J-U-L-A-N-E, Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R, julainefisher.com. Julaine is also on Instagram, and she is also on Facebook. Welcome to the podcast, Julene. Thank you for being live with me today for the recording. Yeah, good to be here. So I wanted to tell you that Mary Harper said to tell you hello. I believe oh, okay. that she was a teacher for maybe one of your sons, maybe both of them. Yes. Okay, because you have twin boys. Yes, she was a teacher. Um... I think it was Connor, but it's kind of like it all gets convoluted when you have twins. Um, we did separate them in elementary school, so yeah. Okay, cool. so were they, they were separated in elementary school, but were they separated like the rest of like junior high and high school, or did you care at that point if they were? It did, you know, it just depends. Like actually this year, they're in a lot of the same classes. They're juniors. Um, in high school, they're in a lot of the same classes, but it's really just the luck of the draw. But we decided when they were little that they needed a little separation because one would kind of speak for the other, and the other one really needed to boost some confidence. Okay. And in your Sour Lemon Sweet Tea series and Sour Lemon Strikes Out series, there are two sets of twins in that family. And so, four sets. Four sets of twins. Okay, so thinking. so there was two girl twins in the family, and then two boy twins in the family, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, no. I'm sorry. I don't even know my own characters. Okay. So yeah, there's three sets of twins, which is kind of crazy because when you start writing a story and you have seven children that you have to differentiate and characters. I, I, I'm not sure what I was thinking at the time, but at the time it just sounded fun. <laughs> yeah. So did you get the idea for the twins in your story from the fact that 
you had twin boys or did you have twins in your own family growing up too? Okay, so it came from partially um, my own twins. So when my twins were babies, I met a lady that had uh, a bunch of twin siblings. She was actually a twin and she had a bunch of siblings that were twins. She started sharing her stories with me about what it was like to grow up as a twin. And I got the idea for the book. It really became the inspiration. And I wrote the first three chapters of what later became Sour Lemon and Sweet Tea when my kids were babies. But I didn't do anything with it. I literally wrote it on like notebook paper, stuffed it away. And it was years later before I picked that project back up again and decided to turn it into a book. Wow, okay. So tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, were you um, a journalist major? Were you a creative writing major? Were you an English major? Or what? Tell us about your kind of college experience. Yeah, um, I was actually um, in education. Um, I have my bachelor's in, in special education. I have my master's in professional counseling. So I taught school for several years, and then I went on to work with adults and teens in the counseling field. Um, but like growing up, I had no interest in writing. I never wanted to be a writer, which is a story that I share every time I talk to kids. Because the big thing is, I I, I love to share with them that you can become anything you want to be at any time you decide. Mm -hmm. Like you can change your mind, and that's okay. Because I think kids get this idea that they have to know what they want to do right away and especially like going into college and we encourage that I mean it's great but you might not stick with it and you might change your mind and decide hey I like this and I'd like to do this later mm -hmm. um and, and then part of my story too is I was not a good reader or a good writer when I was a kid I was a very slow reader I actually mm -hmm. still am um which makes me a very slow writer that's the downside of being a writer um is it takes me a little bit longer to process the information but i think it makes a better quality book because i'm very authentic too in my writing mm -hmm. and i'm very authentic when i speak to kids um mm -hmm. it's, it's very important to me to really translate that to them that you don't have to be perfect you just have to be willing to work really hard at something Right. I actually mentor a second grade student every Wednesday at the elementary school that's next to my house, which is Vickery, Vickery Creek. Um, and he's a second grade student and um, just kind of encouraging him to to read better and to want to read better. So we've been reading um, some chapter books, some Geronimo Stilton, um, some of the, the bad guys. Um and I think I pulled out Freckle Juice by Judy Bloom too and um, had him yeah, read that also. And then after we read a couple of chapters, I have him read a chapter, I read a chapter. Um, we try to play some sort of game that involves like reading a little bit. If you're reading a card or something that has to do with a reading um, type game and try to do that with him. But, um, you know, I, I fell in love with reading when I was probably in the middle grade age, which is the books that you write, but I listened to Sour Lemon and Sweet Tea and Sour Lemon Strikes Out, your two, your Sour Lemon series 
I listened to it on audio. And the reason I did that is because normally I'll read on Kindle because I'm a big Kindle reader, read at night before I go to bed on Kindle when it's dark, I don't need a light on. But because your books are paperback or they're audio because they're for, you know, younger students or whatever, um, I just chose the audio instead of ordering the paperback. Um, and so I was driving around in the car listening to it. I was listening to it while I was cooking dinner, listening to it while I was putting on makeup or whatever. I really, really enjoyed it. And you said it in the 70s. So I, I kind of felt like, okay, Julaine was probably around that age in probably the seventies, maybe. And, yeah. and, and, and maybe you were in the area, um, South of Atlanta. I think the book takes place South of Atlanta in the seventies on a farm. Is that right? North, North Atlanta, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of got the impression that maybe you were probably a child of the seventies and you were writing about and the things that you mentioned brought back a lot of memories, like the Bonnie Bell lip gloss. Um, I think he mentioned that that was such a popular thing to have, yeah. you know, all yeah. the flavors and everything. Um, so that was kind of fun to, to listen to. And so one, and one of the book series that I really, really loved growing up is, is now out in a movie. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret by Judy Bloom. Mm -hmm. So that movie just came out. I read that book over and over again. And then right. all of her books loved, 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 loved them. But your book is such a great series um, for, I think, for anyone. I mean, especially, you know, the second grade, depending on their level of reading. I think second grade all the way through seventh or eighth graders would enjoy your books. Um, they've got such a, they're funny. You know, the character Sour Lemon or her nickname is Sour Lemon, Lily May. Yeah. I think it's Lily May. Um and she's the twin sister of um, the one who they call Sweet Tea because she has more of a sweet disposition. But just such a great story as far as like, um, you know, problem solving and working together and family dynamics and things like, you know, you know, working things out and trying to figure out, you know, how can I help in this type of situation? And those friendship related um, issues that are in the second book, um, Sour Lemon Strikes Out with her friend where she, the, the new girl shows up at school and everybody is flocking to her and she's so pretty and everything. And she just kind of feels like, okay, she's kind of taken my friend, my best friend away. You know, those kind of issues, um, I felt like we're just so realistic and really gave, really kind of give the reader, especially the younger readers, an opportunity to kind of read about that and figure out how would I solve that problem? How do I feel about this if this were to happen to me? And they kind of relate to it. So I kind of felt like, you know, you did a really good job with um, that age group and, and those kind of things. And the setting was just so cute just for being on the farm and, 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 you know, you know, definitely in the seventies or whatever, when, you know, you didn't have cell phones and you didn't have computers and things like that. Um, but yet there were still issues that they were having to deal with, you know, big developers coming in and taking their land and, um, you know, how are they going to survive on a farm if, you know, this happens or that happens or whatever. So, you know, and it's interesting, you said you wrote those books 
a long time ago when your kids were first born. And then when did you really decide, okay, I'm going to pull these notebooks out where I've written all this story down. And how did you decide to go about, you know, producing it and actually publishing it? Yeah, it's a great question. And it kind of involves a long story, but I will shorten it here for you because we don't have all day on the podcast. <laughs> um, but the long of it is when my kids were, or the short of it is, when my kids were little, um, I used to, I used to sing and perform and everything. And I got really sick one year, lost my voice, and I literally did not have a voice for six weeks. And my twins were three years old. So they were like, you know, running in the yard and I couldn't yell to them. I actually had to get some neighbor girls to come and help me manage the kids because I couldn't speak at all. Um, went through a number of tests and there was really nothing that it was, it was caused by a medication and it was caused by long-term use of my voice, which it never really quite came back um, the way, in the same way. So I always have this like real raspy tone. I felt like a cheerleader voice, um, but it's my singer voice. And um, so anyway, I couldn't sing again. And in that time period, I was looking for kind of an outlet, an artsy outlet, a way for me to still be creative because those juices don't just stop. You're like, you just want to use that somehow. Mm -hmm. And um, it was hard. It was a really hard time. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? And I just started writing again. And my husband is really the one who inspired me to pull the book back out, to start writing it, to see what would happen with it and so the boys were now in elementary school I want to say probably around third fourth grade before I really got serious and I finished Sour Lemon and Sweet Tea I gave it to a friend who's an author in Atlanta and I just said hey will you just read this and tell me what you think because I didn't know anything about publishing at the time and she came back with it and said, you have got to get this published and gave me some very good advice and some critiques. And I just started going to um, some critique groups and learning a little more about writing and publishing. And um, eventually that book was um, published by Touchpoint Press, um, which is a traditional publisher. And so I was just overwhelmed and in that process then my husband kind of came back and said okay now I think it's time for you to speak about your books and I think you know your teacher um, everything why don't you go and speak to kids are you nuts like I don't have a voice this is not this is not I'm just I'm just gonna write it but he really encouraged me. And that's how the whole thing began, where I began to speak in schools. And I got a number, and really more before COVID probably is when I was speaking all the time. I got a lot of requests for um, speaking. And the kids were the ones who said, I want another book. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I'll write another one. So that's really how it all how it all started. So how do the, the schools um, know about you and bring you in to speak? Do you speak like in a big auditorium, like during the, the school day to like uh, middle school students or um, how does your speaking platform work and what do you usually talk to the kids in schools about? So it really depends on the school and what they're looking for, but um, as far as how big of an audience, most schools want smaller audiences. I like a smaller audience. 
I like to interact with kids. I ask questions. I talk to them. I get feedback from them which is really fun for them as well. So I prefer like a whole day of just going in and speaking to small groups or, you know, multiple classrooms. But some schools can't afford that. They they like to just do it, you know, just like one time in a large auditorium. And that's fine too. Um, mm -hmm. I really am pretty open to whatever the school can do. And I try to work with the school and work within their budget to provide. Um, what I speak about, um, I have found kind of a niche where because I'm a teacher and because I worked very closely when my twins were little with that particular elementary school, it was a fantastic elementary school. I learned a ton from those teachers. And one of the things that I learned was, you know, if you can come alongside a teacher and provide um, teaching instruction that goes along with the curriculum, they are more likely to have you come and speak. So my focus is not my books, although I do talk about them, of course. Um, my focus is on literacy and writing and specific to their curriculum. So uh, everything I speak about matches the Georgia standards. And it actually matches um, core curriculum, so I can speak in other schools outside of Georgia, which I've done a lot of um, virtual school talks, and it uh, relates to the core. So it's mostly writing and the steps. And right now, my um, for 2023, the program is called the Five Steps to Great Writing, and I literally go through five steps of how these kids can learn to write, and then they take it back to their classroom and they apply to steps. So. Okay, great, awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about um, your next book. Is it going to be in the Sour Lemon series also? Does the story I continue? I know, I had a little request from the kids. They keep asking me, but no, as after I wrote the second book, I wrote Sour Lemon Strikes Out is book two in the Sour Lemon series. And, you know, you talked a little bit about that. And I just felt like it was done. I felt like that was the end. And it's not, I know it's kind of weird because it's two instead of three and everybody does things in threes. But um, my own personal kids were getting a little older and I got inspired to write a teenage book. And so I started several years ago writing this um, YA Mm -hmm. novel and it's taken a long time to get to this point but um but yeah i have a novel coming out in september of 2023 and the title is called the text and it is a pre-dystopian science fiction um thriller wow okay nice very, very, yeah. very different yeah it sounds like it's going to be very different well, I was thinking that you could even take Sour Lemon, you know, as they go into high school um, and write YA um, because there are those elements to Sour Lemon where she's got a crush on, I think it was Wyatt, was yeah. that his name? And, you know, what dress is she going to wear and you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, they, cause she was noticing, she was starting to notice boys and boys were starting to notice her. And there were some, you know, uh, some character um, drama with, um, especially the, I think in book two, Sour Lemon Strikes Out the Election, there was a new boy that came to town from New York and he was 
kind of running for class president or something. And there was some campaigning going on with him and, and that sort of thing. So I could kind of see where those characters go into high school and maybe you kind of take it, you know, into that next season of their life, maybe where there's some drama with, you know, boys and, and dating and, you know, things like that. I think, uh, but I mean, that's just a thought. I know I definitely could, I guess it's funny because as an author, sometimes you just are like, I'm just done. I'm done with these characters. Let's move on. And I've already kind of moved on to another series. Yeah. But you know what? I um, I do want to circle back for a second since we're talking about Sour Lemon. And with Sour Lemon Strikes Out, which is the second book, you were bringing up a whole bunch of things. Um, The inspiration behind that book, and I kind of want to just touch on this real quick because that the 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 whole theme there is about school bullying and i did a whole curriculum for a year um, in schools um in georgia to talk about school bullying and stop school bullying and the inspiration came from a real story from my niece um my niece was a victim of school bullying she is adopted and she looked a little bit different than some of the kids in her class and mm-hmm. um a girl decided to just take that upon herself to make fun of my niece and uh, bully her and it was a very difficult time in her life she was in sixth or seventh grade it may have been right at seventh grade um and just watching her and her parents deal with this situation and how she was able to overcome this and how she was able to just get strength through um, this situation and through my sister and, and my brother-in-law really helping with that um, inspired me to write this story. So um, some of the characters, there was a real character in my seventh grade class named Casey who mm-hmm. was beautiful and popular and I didn't think she'd ever be friends with me but sure enough we found something in common and we became friends and so I kind of used that with the idea of the bullying of the real story and I combined those inspirations and created that story so I feel like a lot of the kids really like my first book but my second book is really close to my heart because of that was based on um, the situation with my niece and um, I really feel like it's a topic that kids need to hear and need to read in a different way and I've been Mm -hmm. very encouraged when the kids read that book and they come to me and say you know what I was the victim of a a bully and I have Mm -hmm. heard so many stories kids will pull me aside they they walk down the school hall with me I'm trying to get a drink of water and they're like stopping me hey I was a bully you know, or I was a victim of a bully. Wow. And, uh, so it's been it's been a great conversation piece, and I do encourage parents and teachers if you really want to deal with some of these topics. Um, I think that would be a great book. You don't have to read book one to start there. Um, book one is really just fun, and you get to know the characters a lot better, and you really see the change in Lily May. Um, and so I think it was very striking for kids to read book two and realize, wait a second, I liked Lily in book one. Why is she mean again? So I had to really bring that full circle and, and, and show that, yeah, she went through a really bad time and she made some really unwise choices, but she turned it around at the end. So I think, I think parents and teachers will, will like seeing that. Yeah. Well, since I listened to it on Audible, there's two different narrators for each book. And um, I don't know who they are, um, but 
Um, it sounded like one of them, or maybe both of them, were definitely not from the South, but we're we're trying really hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, did you ever did you have a chance to uh, talk with the narrator? How did how did I mean? I'm sure the publisher just uh, you know picked an actress you know uh-huh. for that project, but. Um, did you ever meet them, talk to them? Do they have questions for you before they recorded the book? The whole Audible thing fascinates me, but the answer is no. I, I don't know the narrators. I've never spoken to them. I didn't get to pick. The uh, publisher chose that, and they use the, I, I forget what it's called, AX or AUX. Some, some people would know, but it's a very popular site for actors and actresses to put their work out there to do audible and because audible has become a huge or audio books i should say have become a huge market there is a need for narrators um they did ask if i wanted to narrate my own books and i said no i don't have the capability and i don't have the voice mm-hmm. um but it was a nice offer yeah <laughs> and i could have done it because it would have been in my my voice but um I, yeah i didn't get to pick that but and I didn't, I'm not sure why there's two different ones. It's just how the publisher worked it out. Okay. Well, I do have a question about donating some signed copies. Um, because um, my one of my book clubs that I'm in here in my neighborhood in Polo, um, we have two little library book boxes that we um, maintain for the community. One of them is located at Polo Outdoors. The other one is located at Fowler Park and it sits right near the recreation building and it's a really pretty lime green box with like flowers on it and um, it's been hand painted. Both of them have been hand painted. We maintain those little library book boxes and I actually put signed copies of my books. I had a book release um, in January. It's a historical fiction set during the American Revolution called Leader of Liberty, Tale of America's First Spiring. I always put signed copies in in the little library book and then I go back and check it a few weeks later. They're always gone. My books are always gone, but I'm just like wondering who's reading, (laughs) you know, because I never get like tagged and posted got this book um and the little library book box but i was wondering ask about putting your books in in both of those but also i am working on a fundraising project a fall fundraiser for jesse's house i don't know if you're familiar with jesse's house or not but it's a local nonprofit that rescues girls throughout the state of georgia that have had to be removed for safety reasons um so they provide them with a undisclosed location so they can get medical, dental therapy treatments, as well as um, living in a safe environment where they can finish school. The average age is about 15, although some might be as young as 11 or 12. Some might stay six months. Some might stay over a year. It depends on their unique situation. And some of these girls have been trafficked. And uh, Jesse's house will get those trafficking tattoos removed because they usually are on the forearm right through here. And it's a large name that has been tattooed on their arm. And because they're so, so young, 
um, Jesse's house does provide getting them removed. Um, but only about 43% of state funds from Georgia provide the cost and expenses for Jesse's house. The other 57% really comes from community donors uh, like Beaver Toyota, Troncali Jeep, and, uh, you know, fundraisers. So um, I'm working on one in the fall. We have a meeting coming up on April 25th at six o'clock. If you're interested in being on the planning committee, we'd love to have you. But if not, if you want to donate a basket for the silent auction for that fundraiser, we would certainly love that. So those are two um, of the areas I would love to put your books. If you have any to donate, I would love to be able to do that for the little libraries and for the Jesse's house fundraiser. If you're not familiar with Jesse's house, it's jessieshouse.org, jessieshouse.org, J-E-S-S, E apostrophe S H O U S E um, dot org. I don't think the apostrophe is in the website though, but they have a Facebook page. They have an Instagram and um, I am friends with the um, director. I met her um, back in November um, because I lead a ladies Bible study on Tuesdays and through uh, North Point Community Church or Brownsbridge. I'm actually at Brownsbridge, but through that group, um, they encourage um, people to get involved in the community and serve and, and volunteer in different ways through their Be Rich program. So I reached out to a lot of local nonprofits and had their directors come and speak to our group so that we could then decide how are we going to volunteer and in what ways can we help them. So that's kind of how I ended up meeting Jesse's house director, Elizabeth Johnson, okay. and starting to work on this particular fundraiser. So, um, that's yeah. awesome. Yes, I would love to donate um, uh, Seven Lemon and Sweet Tea and Seven Lemon Strikes Out to the book boxes. And I will come up with some sort of um, basket idea. I have some idea. You had told me about it. And so I have some ideas that might be really cool for um, when is the fundraiser? Well, we're thinking it's going to be on October 14th. When we have our next meeting on the 25th, which is a week from, it's Tuesday. Oh, next. So the Jesse's House fundraiser is going to be, we think, October 14th. And the reason we think that somebody is working on talking to the Painted Horse Winery about having it there. And the reason I kind of like stopped you for just a second is because I have to click, I had to click record on the podcast app. <laughs> it it stops and at a certain point. So okay. I I wanted to make sure that we got all of the all of the things kind of um in order. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That's exciting. Yeah, I would love to donate and I have some ideas of what I could donate. So that's all I was gonna say. That's exciting. Good. Okay. So when is your next, but do you have the titles for your next series, your YA series that you're coming out with? Do you have your titles ready? I do, and I so wish I had a graphic right now to show you. Um, um, but I have a mock-up of the of the cover, but I, it's under top secret so far. So the title of the book, um, the working title right now, unless something changes, unless my editor changes it, the working title is The Text like a text message. And um, I can tell you just a little bit about the book. Basically, it takes place um, in the future, um, in 2050. 
And um, when the government has been overtaken, and uh, there are a lot of technologies that are still working, but uh, one particular girl, 16-year-old Rainy Carlton, receives a text message during a power outage and a network outage that says someone is watching her. And it begins to unravel, and a whole conspiracy unravels involving her family. And, um, yeah, that's about all I can tell you right now. But okay, it's, so it's set in a dystopian world in the future, but is it in what was maybe left of America? That is correct. It's what it's a subcategory called pre-dystopian. So if you think of like, um, well, the best example is The Peripheral, which is a, a series now. It was a book by um, Gibson, and it's a series on Amazon. But The Peripheral is set in the uh, current and a little bit in the future and far in the future. So we call it near future sci-fi. Um, it involves a lot of technologies, a lot of techie stuff. My husband is in technology, so I guess I've been listening a little bit. And um, basically, if you think of like, the, the inspiration for me was, if we continue down this path that we're going right now with technology, um, there's a lot of talk of AI right now in the news, and if we continue down a lot of these paths, this is what could happen. But if you read, like if you've read in the past, uh, the Hunger Games or Divergent series, those are you know very far into the future when the whole government and the whole United States had changed. This is before that happens. This is, you know, how did that happen? How did we get to that point? So when you call it near future, it's before the government has completely changed, but we're just beginning to see of why it changed. So that's that's the, the category that it goes in. Okay, it sounds fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Congratulations on that. So you have book the book the first book in that series written and finished. That is correct, yes. And then you're gonna and you're starting to work on book two. Yes, I need to work up a little faster on two, but it's going to be a trilogy. Yes. Okay. And what what publishing company are you working with? Um, because your Sour Lemon series was with a different company. So what publisher are you working with with this one? Yeah, this um, publisher is called Infinite Team, and okay. so yeah, so it's going to come out um, in September is the projected date right now, but it's with the editor and I have a cover designer and I have a mock-up. So it's kind of a fun process. Mm, that's, that's great. Congratulations. So are you still yeah. doing, and are you still going into the schools and talking to students? Yeah, I'm currently booking for fall of 2023 school year. Um, so I speak to elementary schools and middle schools. Um, with my new book, I'm going to be able to, Hopefully, maybe go to some of the high schools, although the high schools are a little bit harder to get in unless you're doing more like a club. Um, but this this book will also be great for like an eighth grade class. Um, my other books are really a little bit too young for that age group. Mm -hmm. So I like to say the Sour Lemon series, um, and when I speak of writing, I, I talk to third through seventh grade, um, really mostly sixth grade, but um, sometimes seventh if they want me to. But this new book, the YA, would be perfect. It's a clean YA read 
So I can be in the schools. There's uh, not a lot of controversy. There's no curse words, that kind of thing. So I can be in public schools and Christian schools and private schools. And so that'll be a perfect segue. So yeah, I'll be speaking, hopefully, I hope, a lot in the fall. Okay, awesome. Well, I, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, does yeah. anybody out there listening have any questions for Julaine at this time before we sign off? Anybody? Not. I do want to make a couple of announcements. So before we go, because a week from today on April 27th, Patty Callahan Henry will be with us live on the podcast and she has a new book coming out. You love Patty Callahan Henry too. I do too. Oh yes, Surviving Savannah. Her newest mm-hmm. book was fantastic. Oh well, you know what book is even better? Becoming Mrs. Lewis. Yeah, I read that one too. Okay. I liked that one so much. Um I but I, I agree with you. I, I agree. But her new book is called The Secret Book of Flora Lee. And it's kind of a little bit of a mystery book. Um, it's It kind of takes place in two different time periods. World War II, their sisters that have to be evacuated from London up into the country because they're afraid of the bombings and everything that's going on in London. So they want to save these children and they send them on trains up into the country. Well, something happens to one of the sisters. So then it kind of switches to 1960 and kind of back again into 1939 and 1940. But that book, The Secret Book of Flora Lee, comes out on May 2nd. But Patty Callahan Henry will be with us live to talk about it on April 27th, a week from today. So I'm excited about that. I love her. I, you know, I do too. Love her. Love her. Um, and she has written a lot of books, um, Uh both historical fiction and contemporary. And then on May 2nd, Lucy score will be with us live. And Lucy score is, um, really, really popular right now. I met Lucy score a few weeks ago at, uh, Decatur bookstore, Eagle Eye bookstore. And there was there had to be at least a hundred people at that event. So Lucy score will be with us on May, uh, May 2nd at six and Patty Callahan Henry will also be with us live on April 27th. Also at 6 PM live right here on the talking book. But Juline, your uh, podcast, um, this particular episode will be available tomorrow on Spotify, but we also put the links to the episode on our Facebook page. So the Talking Book Podcast Facebook will have the link. And I also share it on the Talking Book Atlanta Instagram stories. So the link will be there too. So you don't have to have Spotify to listen. You can also at any time go to the link in the Talking Book Atlanta bio and click that. It will allow you to look at an area where it says see all episodes and you can click that and you can scroll through and find what you'd like to listen to. Um, and so that's how you can find us if you don't have Spotify. So those are coming up and we are excited about Pally Callahan Henry and we're excited about Lucy score. And we want to thank you so much And your new YA book. Um, did you tell me the title? I can't remember the text, the text, the dystopian 
yeah, dystopian in the future called the text coming out in September. It sounds absolutely fantastic. And I absolutely loved your sour lemon series. Um, and that is just, thank you so much for the donations that you're going to donate for our little library book boxes and for the Jesse's house uh, fundraiser in October. That sounds fantastic. Thank you for joining us live and thank you to everyone who's watching and we will see you next Thursday on April 27th when we have Patty Callahan Henry here. Thank you, Julaine Fisher for joining yeah. us today and we will <laughs> talk to you later. Okay, thanks. Bye, thank you. Bye-bye.